Good morning, Mayor. Good day of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading and finishing Sefer Bamidbar. We have the two parshios of Matos and Masei. According to the Chinuch, this is a total of eight mitzvos. The breakdown is in Matos. We have one positive and one restriction. And in Parshas Masay, we have two positive mitzvos and four restrictions for a total of eight mitzvos this Shabbos. Before I talk a little bit about the Parsha and something that's contained therein, I reluctantly feel that given Rosh Chodesh is the next Wednesday, next Tuesday night and Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh Av, Menachem Av. I feel it's only right that we discuss some of the laws of the nine days and then on the parsha. Okay, to introduce the laws of the nine days, I think it's very important that we get a tone. And the tone I'd like to share with you comes from the Gemara at the end of the third parak of Baba Basra, Daf Samach Amid Beis, the last Daf in Cheskas Abatim, the last bottom half of the page. The Gemara begins as follows. Torabonon, the rabbis taught. Kishachor of Abayas when the second base of English was destroyed, Rabu Purushan be Israel. Many Jews became what you would call ascetics, meaning they resolved not to eat meat and not to drink wine. Whereas Rabbi Yoshua tried to dissuade them. So he asked them, Why? Why aren't you? eating meat and drinking wine. And they said, how can we? It just doesn't go down. Meat, which was brought on the Mizbeach, and now that the Mizbeach, the altar, is botil, is not functioning, no korbanos, how can we enjoy meat? Nishtayayin, how could we drink wine, which was poured on the Mizbeach, and now once again, no more karbonos, no more nesachim, no more wine on the Mizbeach. So Rabbi Yeshua countered them and said, wait a minute. If so, you can't eat bread. Because after all, no more karbon mincha. And the karbon mincha consisted of flour mixed with either oil, oil or water. And therefore, no more karbon mincha, no more bread. So they said, okay. We'll do without bread, but we'll eat fruit. But ay ay ay, he said, fruit also you shouldn't be able to eat, because after all, bikurim, which was the bringing of the first fruits to the base of Migdash, and between Shavuos and Sukkos, but that too we don't have today. So they said, okay, we'll eat other fruits. But then he got to them and he said, wait a second. You shouldn't drink water either, because after all, we no longer have the Nisa Chamayim, which was brought on Cholamoed 
Sukkis. Oh, so he got them. They were silent. They didn't have an answer. So he said to them the very following, very important point. Bonai, my kids, my children, he said to them. Shalolis abil kol ikar iefshar. Not to mourn at all is impossible because the decree of the destruction of the base Amigdash has occurred and we don't have a base Amigdash. So on the one hand, we have to mourn. However, on the other hand, the Sabeo, Yoser Midai, to mourn excessively is also improper because we don't make a law which is too difficult for the Tzibur, for the public to observe. Okay? And therefore, the Gemara gives a few practical things, including that when one paints their home, they should leave an area across from the door, an ama by ama, for and to remember the Churban Abayas, to leave something lacking from the setting of the table, etc. Small things that are quote-unquote doable. Now, I mentioned this as a uh, preparation for some of the laws of the nine days, as we'll see, because a lot has to do with what our attitude is for this. Are we looking to get out of these laws, or are we looking to follow them as much as possible? Okay, when does the nine days begin? It begins next Tuesday night with Shkia, with sunset. And... If a person has already begun a meal before sunset, so technically speaking, they can finish the meal. They don't have to stop at sunset on the dawn. We know that one should not eat meat or poultry, drink wine or grape juice during the nine days. And the restriction includes foods that are made from meat, like soups, even if there's no meat, in the soup and foods in which wine or grapes were diluted. If food was cooked in a utensil that's normally used for meat, that food may be eaten. And beer, whiskey, and other liquors not containing wine may be consumed during this period. Now normally there's no availus, there's no mourning for children under bar and bas mitzvah. The reason for that is we train children when they are just that for what they're going to be doing as adults. But here we pray that they're not going to be mourning for the churban beis amigdash when they um, become adults. So actual mourning we don't however it's only right if they see adults not eating meat or chicken or having wine or grape juice that they too above the age of six should participate and be like the adults if a sick person has to have meat then poultry is preferable if that can be used instead. Okay, now, meat and wine can be consumed and should be consumed as usual 
on the Shabbos during the nine days. And if someone takes in Shabbos earlier, they can have meat and make Kiddush and have wine while it is still technically Friday outside before sunset as long as they have taken in Shabbos at with plug or at an earlier time. And same is true if one were to have meat at Shalosh Seudos and that extends after Seis on Mutsoi Shabbos. After Shabbos, one may not eat the leftover meat from the Shabbos meals. And ideally, on Mutsoi Shabbos, the wine or grape juice from Abdullah should be drunk by a child. And if no such child is available, the person making Abdullah should drink the wine himself. Now, if a person completes a portion of learning during the nine days, he may make a seum after which all participants may partake of the meat and drink wine during the meal. Now here is where we have to be very open and very honest. If one has a set kvius of learning and every time they finish that is their custom. They make a seum at that time and they don't delay it, nor do they rush to make it earlier. They learn a blot of Gemara every day. Then by all means, if the seum falls out during the nine days, by all means they could, should continue their practice. But if one doesn't make a seum exactly at the time when they finish. Or if one sees that if they hurry up the learning and uh, they um, put in extra time, then they could get to finish the Misechta, stop. In light of what we said earlier from the end of the Gemara Baba Basra, are we looking to get out of it? Or no, I don't want to get out of it. It's only for the short period of time that we are restricted from having the meat and wine other than Shabbos. Why take away that observance? So I ask you to wrestle with that question. Camps have obviously something else to, to uh, deal with and perhaps hotels have something in senior citizen homes. But you and I in our home. Even if we make a seum, suggest the Arch HaShulchan, wait another few days after Tisha B'Av, you'll be able to really enjoy it as opposed to during the nine days. I leave that to you. There's the letter of the law and there is the spirit of the law. Okay, meat and wine can also be served at a bris and at a pidyon haben. Okay. Now, as well, swimming, we know, is not permitted during the nine days. And the issue is regarding bathing. And there, I think, that a person has to use good common sense. Okay. 
Now, nails may be cut during the nine days, preferably on Arab Shabbos. During the nine days, one should not shine shoes except for preparing for Shabbos and except for children's clothing, clothes may not be washed or dry cleaned during the nine days, even if they will not be worn until after this period. One may not iron or press clothes during the nine days. And even a non-Jew may not wash clothes for a Jew unless it was given to them before Rosh Chodesh. When a bris is done during the nine days, the following people can wear Shabbos clothes. The moil, the sandak, the father, the mother, the grandparents, and the couple bringing the baby into the room where the circumcision is being performed. However, haircuts and shaves are check it out okay finally new clothes may not be bought or worn during the nine days and may not be bought even if they won't be worn until after the ninth of Av. and one may buy sh one may buy shoes for Tishabov during the nine days or may not sew or fix clothes during the nine days, that is even new clothes, all right? New clothes may not be shortened or lengthened to fit properly. To crochet, to needlepoint, to embroider, hook a rug is prohibited during the nine days. Painting and wallpapering or residence should not be done during the nine days. If, however, it was started before, it can be completed until Shabbos Chazor. One may plaster an apartment during the entire three weeks. One may not put down linoleum carpet or tiles during the nine days. And when I rented an apartment or bought a house, may fix, paint, etc. If occupancy will not occur till after the ninth of Av. Furniture and expensive utensils should not be bought during the nine days, even if no brach of Shechianu needs to be recited, even if no brach of Shechianu needs to be recited. And a car for business purposes may be bought during the nine days, but the brach of Shechianu should not be recited until after Tisha B'Av. Grass and hedges should not be trimmed unless it would otherwise be difficult to pass by. You can plant a tree or plants during the nine days, and it's inappropriate to give any gifts during the nine days, and court cases involving non-Jews should be delayed from Rosh Chodesh 
Av until after the 10th of Av. If possible, it's more appropriate to avoid such court cases until after the month of Av. Okay. We should not have to review these halachos next year. Let me just share with you a quick machshava regarding Parshas Matos. We find that the two tribes of Reuven and God come to Moshe and they say to Moshe, Al Tabirenu Isayardain. Don't bring us over to the other side, the east side of the Jordan. Let us stay where we are here. Let us stay in the land of Sihon and Og. So why are they doing this? Because they come and they say that we have a great deal of cattle and the land here is fertile for um, our sheep for grazing and they therefore say to Moshe Gidros Tzom which means corrals for our sheep Nivne Lemekneinu we will build V'orim Letapenu and cities for our children Moshe is very angry at them on two accounts. Firstly, don't dissuade the Jewish people from going into the land of Israel as the spies did. And secondly, says Moshe, my goodness, you've got your priorities all wrong. How dare you put your sheep before your children? Build cities for your children and then take care of the sheep. And in the words of the Tanhuma, Moshe says to them, Asu ikor ikor v'tofel tofel. Make the primary values primary and the lesser values lesser. And they were guilty, says Rashi, chosim hoyu amon monom. They cared about their money and their resources and their sheep, yoser mi b'neim more than their children because they put the sheep before their children. Now, at first glance, asks the commentary, Be'er Yosef, whoa, how strange, how could it be, after spending 39 years in the Midbar, the tribes of Reuven and God, this is the Dor Deo, the generation that is so knowledgeable and steeped in spirituality, how could they make this, quote, mistake? He gives a beautiful answer as to what was the real interplay between Moshe and the two tribes. He says, take note, the land in which we're talking about, which belonged to Sihon and Og, this land was unharmed. What does that mean? It means that when the Jewish people asked to pass through the land of Sihon and Og, both kings said, no, you can't pass through. Both kings took their troops to the desert and attacked B'nai Israel, 
both kings were defeated in the desert, and as a result of that, their cities were not damaged. Their cities were not war-torn. B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain believed that they can literally move into those cities. Ah, oh, however, there were no corrals for the sheep, as the people who were living there were not shepherds. Ah, oh, so therefore, from a practical point of view, they therefore said, from their perspective, correctly. Namely, we're going to build corrals, and we will then move into their cities. And Moshe said something very powerful to them, that you can't take a home that was steeped in idolatry, take the wreath off the door, put a mezuzah on the door, and now bring in a Jewish family to live. No. The foundation of a Jewish home has to be with Kedusha, has to be with purity, with Tara, with holiness. And therefore, you have to do some literal um, change to the structure of the house before you just move in. And therefore, Moshe says to them, build cities. And the truth is, we find later on that they do just that, they build cities. Now one could argue that this higher standard of Moshe, that he was acting that they have to make some structural change, you can't just move in, is true regarding converting a church into a synagogue. You can't just take down the cross and put up a mezuzah and now, or a uh, Magen David, and now Davim Mincha. You have to do that structural change. Why was Moshe applying this strong standard to the Jewish people about to enter? Number one, you can say, because the foundation, the beginning of the Jewish community in the land of Israel, and this is like the annex, Evrayardim, the annex to the land of Israel. So this has to be done with purity, number one, and secondly, teaching us the very powerful idea that each and every Jewish home is really a mikdash ma'at. It really is a home, which is a miniature temple. And therefore, at this time, when we are mourning the Beis Hamikdash. I'd like to share with you. We end every Shmona Esrei with Sheibone Beis Hamikdash b'mehira b'yameinu. That, please God, the third Beis Hamikdash should be rebuilt. Usually translated b'mehira b'yameinu speedily in our days, when it should be rebuilt. Rev. Naftali of Rupchitz understood this a little bit differently. Shebona Beis HaMikdash, the temple should be rebuilt, Kolim, Bimheira, Biomeno. It should be built, Biomeno, with our days, with our accomplishments, with our homes, with the Torah, with the Avoda, with the Gemilas Chasodim that's taking place within our homes. This should help build and add another brick 
to the Beis Hamikdash, which is on high, which please God, will descend, as we find in the Tefillah of Nachem, which is added at Mincha time on Tisha B'Av. Ultimately, this is a time of introspection where each and every one of us should look carefully as not only a time to resolve that I am not going to, I'll endeavor not to speak Lashon HaRa, but go a little deeper. Ask yourself, why do I speak Lashon HaRa? Why do I knock other people? And let us learn from the Gedolim that preceded us how the late Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach had love for each and every Jew. The late Lubavitcher Rebbe had an neshama that was open to each and every Jew. And interestingly, Reb Tzvi Yehuda Cook said that his father hated nobody except Ben Yehuda because they grew up together and learned in Bolajan. He later became an Apikoros, but he said to his son, I'm working on it. And this, I believe, is what each of us have to work on. We might have different hashkafa from other people, but there's so much more that unites us than, God forbid, divides us. And that's where the emphasis should be on Avas Yisrael and not Chas Shalom on Sinas Chino, emphasizing that which divides us. I pray that we utilize these days of the nine days, days of truly looking into ourselves, that we should be, please God, worthy of Sheyabona Beis Hamikdash Bimheira Biyameinu. Shabbat Shalom to 